Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show Alright guys, another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a great guest. She is a health coach. Her name is Marissa Minter. How's everything going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing and I'm just really grateful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I really do appreciate it. So uh, I usually talk to my, like the, all the diabetics that I do interview. When did you get diagnosed? So I was diagnosed, oh my goodness, um... December 2002? No. Oh my gosh, it was 19 years. So whatever that math is. Yeah. <laughs> 19 years ago. So I have had it for yeah, this coming December will be 19 years. Wow. That's crazy. So how did you find out I you got know. How did you find out you got di diagnosed? Like how did you find out that you had diabetes? Yeah. So I used to go on family vacations and I went on one. Uh, I was in Florida. I was really stressed out. And I had all the symptoms, right? Like when I look back on it and I think about all the things that were leading up to it made complete sense. Yeah. But I got really stressed out and I went for an annual physical. And during that physical, um, the doctor had tested my urine and it the blood sugar was skyrocketing high. And they said, you have to go to the hospital. And I remember from that day moving forward, I was in the hospital for about eight days and my life very much changed I don't think I slept very much either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, that was the story. The, that's how I figured it out. And I was, yeah, I was really little when that happened. And it was a weird kind of coincidence that it was during a physical. Yeah. So did your parents like have it? Did anybody in your family members like have diabetes at all or? The only person in my family that actually has diabetes is my, was my grandfather and he had type two. Okay. That was it. There was no one else that had type one, um, unless it was hidden from the family, but there was, yeah, it was very weird for me to be the only person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only person in my family that's got diagnosed. So, and I, like I said, I've, I've said before, I've got diagnosed like a month before my 35th birthday. So yeah, and it was actually, oh and it was actually during a uh, a health screening to the uh, children's hospital I was working at at the time. So, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. So, how, how, what were like the emotions that were going through? I mean, granted, it was nineteen years ago, so it's kind of tough to I reminisce. Know. But like, <laughs> what were your parents thinking, and what were you thinking like during the whole time when you first got diagnosed? I did not know what was happening. I was so confused. I'm like, why am I in this hospital? Why are people pricking my finger in the middle of the night, waking me up? Why is my mom crying? Um, you know, she was very emotional about it. And I felt very, I just didn't get it. I didn't understand for a while what was happening or what it was uh, until probably the moment um, one that I kept getting pricked and yep. then constantly getting like blood work done and the doctor telling me this word diabetes. And, and then when I went home, I think that's when it hit me that I had something that was maybe in my head wrong with me, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even in the hospital. Like at that point, I just kind of went with the flow. It was almost the denial phase, yeah. right? Like the, Oh, what, Nah, I'm good, you know, until I went home and then I had all of these things I had to do mm -hmm. and my schooling changed and the way that I had to eat changed or my, you know, shots that I was given. So it definitely was when I hit home that it actually came to my mind. Mm -hmm. So did you have like diabetes coaches or anything like that? Because like for my experience, 
I literally just got thrown to the wolves. Like I literally went to endo- the endocrinologist <laughs> and said, yeah, you got diabetes. Like, here you go. Here's some insulin here. You know how to take a shot. And I'm like, yeah, like what's, what's going on. And so, yeah, it's, did you have any like other teachers at all or? No, I, I feel you on that one. So no, I had no, but I had a, oh my God, an educator per se, right? Like one that kind of explained to me what I had and, and that was it. I didn't have a social worker. I didn't have people checking in on my home. I didn't have somebody asking anything. It, it was literally, oh, here's your endocrinologist and um, you need insulin and now you and your mom can figure it out for you. And <laughs> There was nobody. There was nobody, and I wish that there was. I don't know how you felt about it, but I, at least for me, I, looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, that would have been nice to have some solid people in my life helping me along the way. Yeah, for for me, for me, pretty much like social media came. Like I had a social media, like Instagram and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden I started like learning about diabetes and like looking at other people. And um, I, oh gosh, I forget her name, but like there was one girl. She lives in South Africa. She's she's a she's going to be a a doctor or something like that. And I asked her a couple quick questions and stuff like that. And she was like super helpful. I'm I'm so mad I forgot her name, but um, uh, <laughs> but like I always ask people questions. I always ask people questions like on forums and stuff like that. I'm like, how like what do you do? Because literally my endocrinologist still it doesn't really help me out. And yep. and mm-hmm. pretty much like I'm just learning as I go. Granted, I've only been a diabetic for five years, but still it's like I'm still learning how to like regulate my blood sugar and all that stuff. And like, I didn't even like, even, even for the lancets, I didn't, I thought the numbers on the lancets were how many times you need to use it, not the pressure. Like, oh, no. Yeah. So I'm like ripping it at eight, like at, at eight and just pricking my finger constantly. And, and oh, I had, to, and I had to ask a pharmacist. So I'm like, so do I, how do I change the lancets? Cause these are like sticking in my fingers. Like how do you switch? So we like literally opened a CVS box to, to figure out both of us to figure out how to change the lancets and like what kind of lancets do I do need? And it's like, it was like her and I were like, I, she's like, I can't believe you don't know this. I'm like, well, I mean, I just, I'm a new on new diabetic. So just bear with me. So. Oh yeah. No, it was bad. I mean, I get like, I, yep. I probably went through about six endocrinologists (laughs) in my lifetime. Uh, I have not, I have like, two of them mm-hmm. of which the one that was in New York when I when I was living in New York um, I had to leave because obviously they came to Arizona and then the one I had found in Arizona was fantastic she put me on a Dexcom for the first time ever because all of my other providers never even talked to me about it didn't bring up any information I mean anything I learned about I researched on my own yeah I was like oh this looks like a cool device what's that? And I would, I would ask them. Um, and it was, it was just bad experiences. I, there was one that actually had diabetes. So if they were having a low episode, they take it out on me and I'm like, wow, this is just not a good time. Uh, so it was until I had met the one here who had really paved the way for me and helped. It was just so personal and like, it was just really nice. But yeah, other than that, God, you know, I used to hate endocrinologists. It was like a, it was like a bad name. Like, oh, I got to go to the doctor. I dreaded going to the doctor, not just because I probably wasn't the best with my diabetes up until a few years ago, um, but it was also like I just did not like them. Yeah, <laughs> as people, yeah. yeah, they weren't helpful, right? Yep. Yeah. I so my my guy. So my my thing is there's there was a time where like I didn't go to the endocrinologist for like a whole year. And, like, I didn't even realize it because I was so busy. Like, I was working, like, two jobs. And, like, I was constantly getting insulin. So, I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I finally realized, like, I showed up to the endocrinologist. He's like, hey, long time no see. And I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. Like, I like trust me, I want to be here. But it's just, like, I don't have the time. So, mm-hmm. that, that's my problem. And then I finally got on the Dexacom, I think, a month ago. So. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Yeah, thank you, thank you, and it's been a game. It, it's been super helpful, but it's like I was on the Libre. For, so last year I got the Libre for Christmas, and because my wife bought it just for me to try it out, and like it was like a roller coaster, just going up and down, up and down, up and down. Because like I didn't realize there was a fifteen minute delay because it was going into like the you know your muscle, you know your muscle tissue. Yeah. So 
I had a little issue with that, and then I was like, I hate it, get rid of it. And so I finally was like, all right, I need to, need to get the Dexcom, and finally I got it. And I mean, I'm still getting those ups and downs. I'm trying to like figure it out and stuff because like there's sometimes middle of the night, like oh, just like shoot up, even though I take a long lasting insulin or. I'll eat like an hour and a half ago. Then all of a sudden it just starts shooting back up again. And I'm like, all right, what's, what's going on? What's so, going on? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's normal. And that's kind of what having a Dexcom is amazing because it gives you that leeway of like, okay, every five minutes my sugar is checked, but let's be real. Sometimes it's inaccurate. Yep. You know, and then you also have that stigma of, okay, everyone else's number looks like this, you know, it's leveled, but then why is mine all over the place? And it's like, no, you know, that you are going to have numbers that go up and down and there are going to be days that just change it. And unfortunately, having diabetes means that it's going to be frustrating because even if the sun's out, the weather changes, your mood changes, anything in your body is going to like set off a number. And so we have these crazy amount of calculations that we have to do in our head all the time. And so you are on the right track. I promise you (laughs) it'll definitely level out at some point. Even if it doesn't necessarily level out, you're still doing a great job. Yeah, I appreciate it. So um, talking about like stressed out and stuff like that, since you've had diabetes for almost 19 years, have you ever had like a burnout phase at all or just say like, screw this? I'm like, I'm totally done. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the, I don't know if you feel this, but there are times where I'll like take off my Dexcom and I'll take off a site and just be like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a uh, normal, you know, no gadgets <laughs> attached to you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that looks like. And the, the burnout is real. It really does happen. It's frequent um, or infrequent, but you know, it depends on your life too. If you have stressors at work, if you have stressors in your home life and you then have to add diabetes on top of it, the burnout is so much greater. It can take a hold of you. And when it happens, it's, it's frustrating. But one of the things I tell myself is like, you know, I might not have chose this specific thing for me, but I am now having to deal with it. And in order for me to help other people, in order for me to help myself, I have to push through. Mm -hmm. And just knowing I'm not the only one that's going through it, reaching out to a friend, reaching out to a support person, someone in the community to say, hey, diabetes freaking sucks right now. I just need you to agree with me, yeah. you know, and having that person that's going to be there for you just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. So, mm-hmm. so you're, you're a health coach and you help people kind of regulate their blood sugars through like, you know, gut health. So how did, how did all this come about? Yeah. So I think what happened is about a couple of years ago, you know, I started out as like a beach body coach and I was like, Ooh, this is so cool. And then realized, you know, I don't like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, we can go into that at a different time, but it brought into that, that realm of fitness and health for me and to a point that I never thought of before, okay. you know, what does that look like for me as a diabetic? What, how can I regulate my sugars? Because that, the first time I ever really started heavily working out, I'm like, what the heck? Like, my numbers are going up and down. I do not understand what's happening. I'm working out, so shouldn't my numbers just automatically be okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the thought in my head. And so when I started doing it, it opened that door for, okay, this is way more complicated than I thought. And if I feel like this, and I can't even imagine how many other people feel like that. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to find a way to help myself as well as I was in a bad place. I wasn't doing the things for my diabetes. I was drinking more. I was eating bad things. I wasn't in a good place in my life and I wanted to fix it. Mm. And in order to do that, I had to take a good hard look in the mirror and then also take a look at what could I do? And so that's when I turned to nutrition and working out. And it just paved that way for me to not only lose a lot of weight that I didn't know I could lose, uh, because diabetes is so stressful and also being a woman, just a lot of factors, but also getting my numbers regulated from an A1C that was 12 to now seven. And that happened in a matter of like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's astonishing and that's kind of where I went with it. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so when I when I so the crazy thing for me is when I got diagnosed my A1C was 11.5 and within I believe it was like 9 months or a, close to a year I dropped it down to 
5.8. That's amazing! And so, but the problem is, I ate like an a-hole and started back up, and now I'm back at like 7.377, and I'm like, oh, okay, I really need to stop that. But, you know, it's kind of like, I, it wasn't a burnout phase, but it was just like, okay, I think I got the hang of it, so I'll just like, I'll eat ice cream or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like, I won't check my blood sugar for a while, and then like I look at it, I'm like, oh crap! So because I would use like I would just use prick my finger the whole time, and I'd probably do it like maybe four or five times a day, if that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and what you're, I mean, what you're saying, right? Like it may, it might not have been a burnout phase, but it was just like a, oh, I'm doing well, right? Yeah. You, get, you hit that complacency, yep. and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need. I don't got to worry about it, and then it falls a little bit, which. Again, it's okay whether or not your A1C goes up a little bit or doesn't. I mean, that's life, right? Mm-hmm. But you, I'm glad that you created that self-awareness of, okay, yeah, probably should check myself right now and get back to where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was funny because I would talk to the endocrinologists, like they're uh, like nursing assistants. And I was like, they're like, oh, your, your A1C is like 7.1. And I'm like, well, that's good. It was 7.3 last time. And they're like this. <laughs> That's not a good A1C, and I'm like this. Oh my god! I'm like part of my French. I'm like, screw you. Like, I'll f you. Like, I'll, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going down. I'm. It's in a downtrend, so just like leave me alone. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I remember. I mean, I was like going to the endocrinologist and them telling me my A1C. I think that's probably why I didn't go so often because they would just be like, mm, oh god, you know, you could do better. Yeah. You know, it was every time. It would. It would almost be like a, you're not doing your best like you suck kind of thing instead mm-hmm. of that positive reinforcement affirmation, anything like that. Oh, I totally feel you. Yeah. So um, what kind of certifications do you have or what kind of certifications someone can get to be a health coach? Yeah. So there is a nutrition course online and it's like a kind of like an intuition nutritional coaching certification. So that's something that I'm actually going through right now that I'm finishing with. So that's really awesome. Um, and then as far as like personal training, I'm also finishing my personal training certification. So that should be done relatively soon. So the nice part is right now, you know, the nice, it's kind of cool that you can become a coach and and help people and not necessarily have to have a certification. Right. Mm -hmm. But having that behind your name helps a lot more with it. So in the next month I should be finished with all of it. And then like, good to go, put it behind my name. Know that when I'm talking to people, it's like, yeah we're good. You could believe what I'm saying. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, how many clients, do you have any clients at all right now or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, mm, I manage about, I want to say about 30 to 50 clients at a time. That's crazy. And that's, yeah, I love it so much. It's really nice because, you know, you get that one-on-one time with me. I get to help provide just a lot of assistance, a lot of accountability. Cause that's, where people slack in life a lot is not having somebody to push you to be that best version of yourself, that mm-hmm. accountability of like, Hey, you told me you wanted to do this. So I'm telling you like, all right, where are we at? Yeah. <laughs> and it just gives that just sense of security and also somebody who's going through that. And so it's nice. Um, yeah. So I do a lot of one-on-one sessions. I provide a lot of resources, things that I've created, PDF files, such as like what workouts are good for your blood sugar or what they can do to your blood sugar. And then a lot of nutritional-based coaching because the root 80% of what happens in your results are from nutrition. That other 20% is moving your body. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to go into some hardcore workouts to feel your best. But when you're in the kitchen, that's where those, you know, quote unquote abs are made. Yeah. I was just going to say that too. Abs are made in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, how, what's the initial, like when, when you have like a brand new client, so how do you go about like talking to them about like nutrition and like how to stabilize their blood sugars and all, and all that stuff? Yeah. So when I'm first having a session that. What I do is I meet with them one-on-one, Whether obviously Zoom now. Yeah. You know, if there's anyone in person, it used to be like through Arizona in person. But Zoom now, um, and I will go over their story with them. You know, where did you start out? Where, what is going on right now in your life? What are some obstacles? What are some things that you really love that you're doing? And what are your goals? And it's just really basing that off of like an hour with them 
just saying, hey, let's go through your entire what can I do, what am I doing, and where do I want to go? And then after that, it's focused specifically on diet to start because, you know, working out isn't a, again, it's definitely a priority to move your body, but when you have to focus on nutrition, that is the hardest thing for people to do. Yeah. That is where many of my clients will struggle with. So nutrition is that like forefront. This is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what do you do kind of like uh, in the beginning, kind of like a restrictive diet or like what, what's the diet plan that you typically do? I try and do the like a 90 10. Um, a lot of it is focused on trying to eliminate processed foods, eliminating um, red meat for a little bit, Mm -hmm. things that are just things that can either spike a number really high, uh, like carbs, for example, processed foods. And when I say carbs, I'm talking more processed food carbs, like potato chips, um, you know, having high fats like ice cream, so non-dairy for a little while. And I do it for about 30 days with them. Mm -hmm. So no processed foods, no gluten, no dairy, um, no red meat and no caffeine not the hard one yeah but we try and do it for 30 days because once you can do that for 30 days right it takes 21 days to break a habit Mm -hmm. so when you can break that habit i can start you from that bottom level right and we can work our way up and it's also eliminating a lot of inflammation you know you're getting rid of things that upset your stomach upset your digestive system your numbers it becomes more sensitive so now you're working with the blood sugar that's really focused on like your activity at that point because you're eliminating things that are spiking your number aside from you know the weather and your mood but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like getting that base level and then okay let's work our way up what are some things we can add back into our diet that now we can regulate where our blood sugars are going so it's kind of it's not necessarily an elimination diet because that's completely different but it is kind of like one okay very cool <laughs> very cool so do you have any like sayings that you actually uh, when you were talking about the processed foods i actually had a a friend of mine she was on my podcast as well she was talking about um if your grandmother doesn't know what this package is don't eat it and i was like this is i'm like that was a that's amazing like i never even i never even thought of that yeah until she's Mm -hmm. a she's a, um, a, a nutritionist too and i was like Oh my gosh, that was that that's amazing. So do you have any sayings that you like to tell your clients that kind of, you know, kind of gives them a good reminder and like kind of sticks in their head? Yeah. I mean, the big one is like if you can't pronounce it, why are you eating it? You know? Like if you have no idea what the heck that is, why are you putting it in your body? That makes no sense. Yeah. You know? That's one of them. And then the other one would be if it's more than, you know, eight ingredients in it, why do you need it? It's very basic. So mm-hmm. those are the two things that I really tell people um, that kind of stick that one. It's definitely not as good as the grandma one. That one's amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I bet you she'll, she's, she'll probably say it's okay for you to use it if you want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Patent it from her. Use it. Yes. <laughs> so um, do you have like long lasting clients or like what's a typical like, you know, cycle for, you know, having clients for you? Yeah, so it's typical to have about definitely the 30 days minimum. And then from there, it goes from the 30 days to about a month to about three months. Sometimes I'll keep clients for longer, depending on if they want to do it. Um, But once they feel like they've got a handle on things or that they understand it, you know, I put them in like accountability groups so that way if they want to go back to resources or things that i've put in there that they can either do it on facebook and there's an app called band okay and it's on there it's very simple to use and they can go through and be like oh yeah i remember and then they can go okay i remember this is what happens when i do an hiit workout or okay this is what happens when i'm eating dairy what could happen to my number and so it's just a lot nicer of a visual for them but they don't necessarily have to meet with me all the time that's cool that's very cool mm-hmm. yeah i'm 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 actually my like like my earlier i said i'm trying to let label level out my blood sugars like to be like that not that obviously it can't be perfect with straight line but at least like because <laughs> my ranges on my de- uh, dexcom is from i think it's like 60 to 200 Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would like to lower the the higher level down to like 180 to 160, but I know for a fact, like 
when I'm working out or if I if I eat, I, I usually typically around like three o'clock in the afternoon, I hit that I get that big spike that just comes up. So I'm like, I would like to lower it down a little bit, but I don't think I'm able to do it just yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's going to take time, right? I mean, it's like learning your body while you go. It's like, okay. And especially insulin sensitivity times, there are specific times throughout the day that our blood sugar will spike just because that's how our body is. Mm-hmm. You know, after 10 o'clock at night, <clears throat> you might notice a huge spike in your number if you're not in bed. And it's because normally our bodies are now resting, right? So then we're increasing like all of our low, our low ability to have a higher sensitivity for insulin, but we're sleeping. So our basal rates are different. I mean, it also depends. Are you on an MDI? You're on a pen. Like there's so many calculations and things to put in place. Like, yeah. so three o'clock for you is just that time where you're like, yep. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, either need an extra shot or whatever. Yeah. I, even now, since I've been more working at working out at home, it's my workouts at times have been from like eight o'clock to 10 o'clock. So and then usually like around like 10, 30, 11, then all of a sudden, like it just shoots right up because obviously, like the fighter, the fight or flight hormones, just like kind of relax, and now all they could start all like the you know, lactic acid buildup and all that stuff gets the big spike. So that's another thing I need to worry about too. So yeah, well, yeah, and especially if you're weightlifting, it can take up to two to three hours for your body to actually process mm-hmm. and utilize that insulin. So what's funny is like people think, okay, if I eat before my workout. And then I take this insulin, I'll be fine. And it's like, no, actually, if you do that, more than likely, your number won't kick in until two hours, three hours later, especially if you're having high fat foods, even protein, put that into the mix. And then when you're weightlifting, when you're weightlifting, your number goes up. When you're doing cardio, your number goes down. So there's so many factors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, we could all be math (laughs) musicians. Yeah. Mathematicians. I almost said musicians, magicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and originally, like, bef- like earlier on, like, when a co- like, we, uh, they started opening the gyms back up in, in Georgia, I was working out in the morning time and I wouldn't eat from 7 p.m., like, all the way to like 8 30 the next morning, but I would work out at like 5 36. And, like, even that, like, my, my blood sugars would still spike, too. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of still still trying to figure it out. So Yeah, it is. It's a roller coaster. And <clears throat> one thing to just, like, keep in mind is even though you're doing all the things and you feel like you just should know it by now, you are just still in the process. And yeah. I promise you, even 19 years later, <laughs> you know, you're still figuring stuff out because you're changing, right? Your body's ever changing. Your stressors in life are ever changing. What you're doing, at, I mean, so no matter what, there's always going to be those little like bumps in the road. So yeah. you got this. Oh, I know. I know. It's just, I, I, I I'm like, I always tell myself, like, don't stress about it. I mean, it's going to happen. Just relax and just do your thing. And then just, like, kind of do what you do what you usually do and then just go from there. So mm-hmm. um, so what kind of – since this is a fitness podcast pretty much, so mm-hmm. what do you like to do fitness-wise for you? Or, like, what do you like to train people in different exercises? Like, what style? Uh, my go-to are, like, hit workouts. Mm-hmm. I think I love them so much just because you're moving your body at a fast pace. You do it, you know, you're toning your body. It's quicker. You are kind of like, you know, in between resting, what, like 30 seconds. So you don't have enough time to think about how tired your body is. I just love that. Uh, I'm not a runner. God, I hate running so much. If I have to, I'll run. But it either has to be like towards something or away from something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then weightlifting. Those are the hit workouts and weightlifting are probably my big ones that I go to first. Okay, very cool. So what made you get into that then other than like the typical, you know, Monday chest day, like, you know, the typical bodybuilding phase? I did that for years. Oh my God, years. <laughs> I would go to LA Fitness and yep. I did it every single day, Monday through Saturday, right? And I do the typical oak chest day, back tricep, you know, everything. Yep. And I didn't see the result I wanted. And I hated it. I was like, why is this happening? Why am I not? Why am I doing like I'm doing all the things? I'm I'm counting all my calories, like I'm doing all this stuff. 
and I didn't understand. I was like, why is this happening? Until, you know, I hit that point where I started switching up my routine. And I started to incorporate things that I didn't incorporate before. Uh, you know, whether that was cycling or, you know, unfortunately running <laughs> or doing like high intensity interval training. And then my body started to stop that plateau mm -hmm. and I started to actually see some results. I stopped counting calories and I actually just paid attention to what I was eating. You know, I paid attention to the time of day I was eating. I paid attention to the meals I was having because instead of feeding my body what I wanted, I was fueling my body with what it needed. And that was a huge difference. And then I was like, well, I don't got to go back to this Monday through Saturday bull crap. Like, yeah. I'm totally good with all these other things. Yeah, that was, that was pre that's pretty much me too. I was do doing the typical bro split, you know, like Monday international mm -hmm. chest, like all that stuff. <laughs> and then I was uh, – I was in the Air Force for like seven years and I went to this airman, this thing called Airman Leadership School so you could become a staff sergeant. And so the gym there had like a CrossFit gym and I was doing like the 300 workout and being like, oh, you know, I could do this. And the guy's like, typically you need to do a on-ramp program and they're all filled, but I think you'll be okay. And like t totally like did not even go to the onboarding, didn't like – I was like pretty much just learning everything on the fly. And then I've been doing CrossFit pretty much for seven, eight years almost. So that's amazing. Yeah, and 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 like like you said, like it's completely different. And I was actually like you know plateauing at at the you know doing the typical bro split, and and now me being forty one years old, I've never lifted as this much weight ever in my life. So, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. That's amazing, and that just goes to show like you don't have to do that typical bull crap Monday through Friday, Monday through whatever day thing, you know, you can just try something new and it just can change your life. Yeah. And like, it was funny. It's funny. Like the people at the global gym that I'm at, cause they have bumper plates and all that stuff there. <laughs> so they're like, God, like one guy walks up to me and he says, you know, it looks like you're trying to earn a contract. That's how hard you're working. <laughs> and so like when he said that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to use that saying in that mentality, just on every single work that I do, because like my main focus is trying to earn a contract, so mm -hmm. and it's it's yeah, it works. I I love it. I mean, I have like my like gym buddy that I work out with. He, I'm like, we got to earn that contract. Let's go. And he just kind of <laughs> like he steps it up a little bit, which is like awesome. And I love part working out with partners and stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, and that's that affirmation, right? It's that little motivation that you're telling yourself. It's that it's kind of like your why in a way, yeah. you know. Yep. And that is just what gets you. Even even just saying one word, whatever that is, it, it could just hype you up. Mm -hmm. No, I totally mm -hmm. agree. So um, on to like the diabetes, back to the diabetes part. So do you you have a Dex Dexacon, right? And you have an Omnipod, yes. I believe? No, I'm on MDI. So I'm on a Medtronic pump. And oh, okay. I've been on one for a while. I wasn't initially on one. I was on shots for a couple of years. Yep. And then, um, you know, my pancreas like officially needed way more <laughs> insulin every time. So they put me on a pump and I haven't changed. I would like to be on the T-Slim. I think that's something I'm going to try out next. Mm -hmm. But for now, yeah, definitely on the Medtronic one. Yeah. So with the with the Dexacom, where do you where do you typically put it? Do you put it like on your stomach or do you have like other places you put it on? So, you know. If Dex comes listening, obviously I put it in the best places you're telling me, but if, if you know everyone else, um, so I have it on my arm right now. Oh, okay, all right. But I, I put it on my thigh, uh, my inner thigh. I do put it on my stomach occasionally. I love putting it on my arms. I have put it on my calf before. Okay. Um, you know, I think that it just varies on whatever part of my body I'm kind of sick of placing it mm -hmm. <laughs> just try something new but yeah those are my main ones yeah I so when I've used it well I'm still using it I put it on my glute muscle and yeah. just like right on the corner like right where like the like the big meaty part is I just put it right there because like I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, if I put it on my arm, because I put the Libre there for a while, and like there's a couple times I would like go in the armrest and hit it and like nick it off. And so I'm like, really don't want to do that. So where else can I go? And I'm like, I'm going to try, I could try the stomach, but I put a weight belt on and I can't, like, I'm always worried about that ripping, like from like just using the weight belt. So I'm like, well, there's an Olympic weightlifter. Her name's Kelly Wild. She puts it on her butt. And so like every other person, that I've talked to too said a lot of a lot of people said put on her put on your butt and so I was like okay tried it and I've been 
doing it ever doing it ever since I started. So just flip flopping, oh, flip flopping one cheek to the other. So. <laughs> No, that's amazing. I will put my sights there. Yeah. I haven't put um I haven't put the CGM there. I don't to be honest with you, I don't really know why. I just haven't. But it's you know, you're inspiring me and now I feel like I need to try it. Yeah. So Well the the only one issue I do have is when I put like sweatpants on, like it's my the waist is a little blow, so it kinda of pushes down on the deck uh, on the sensor. But other than that, like I put I put jeans on, shorts, I squat with it, like I don't feel it at all. I it, even when I sleep too, it's just like I don't, I don't feel it whatsoever. And like, I'm always worried about like putting it on my abs and rolling around and all that stuff. So I just, yeah, you gotta, you gotta and try it. I don't know about you, but you sweat, like you sweat so much in your stomach oh, area, yeah. just in general. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, okay, so now I'm going to have to worry about the sensor just falling off because I'm sweating while I'm working out or I'm sweating because whatever, it's hot in Arizona. So it's, <laughs> you know, so it makes it, yeah, I think that's a good place. Now, you know, I'm going to have to try it now. And yes, like, yeah, me. and I put compression shorts on too. It also, and like, and I wear like box, well, I mean, a little TMI, but you know, make your compression shorts. So pretty much like it keeps it staying there. So it doesn't really move that much. So it's like, all right, I'll just stick with it. So. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, you said you want, you said you had a podcast before, but are you thinking about doing another one? I might. I don't know yet. Um, I did have one before. It was called Wellness Debunked, and it really just talked about everything. So I not only have diabetes, but I also have um, IBS, which is like irritable, irritable, oh my goodness, irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> so fun to say fast. And <laughs> PMDD. And then I also deal with like some anxiety. So there's a lot of that stuff that I would talk about on there along with like type one diabetes or just in general, like stuff that was going on. And so I did it for a whole year and then I'm like, Oh God, this is so much work. I mean, as you know, you are a person that has a podcast. So I either will restart it back up or I may or may not just do a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you do one like once every two weeks? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I really should. Yeah. I should. I've had so many people message me over the course of, like, the past week or two telling me to do one or, like, have a YouTube channel. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you, you, then, YouTube's a little yeah. tough because you got to do, like, all the editing, editing and stuff like that. And, like, if you don't have an editor, it's going to take a long time, especially if you're brand new at it. Like, I've, I've contemplated on it, and I'm like... I don't, I, I'm like, I'm still, I don't think it's going to work. So no, that's when a virtual assistant will become your best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I'm like, if I do a YouTube video, it'd probably be with my five-year-old son, like playing with toys. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be anything else. That's amazing. You know what though? There are a few people, I feel like it's Rachel House. I don't know if you know her. Um, and her ex-husband now, David Hollis, they have a YouTube channel strictly based with, uh, it's called Tea with, oh no, it's it's their daughter. And they literally just have tea together and like talk about life. It's on YouTube. Huh, so I interesting. mean, you, you may or may not be able to do that with your son. Like, <laughs> Well, my, my son is just like me. He's like an absolute spaz. So he'll just like run all of like... He he like he'll like like Transformers for like one month and then like the next month it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then the next month will be something else and it's so it's like all right I'm like maybe we could open like a toy up and then like play with it and then kind of donate it after because there's another guy kid that does it but uh yeah I don't know I mean that's that's just gonna take way too I don't know it's even worth it yeah I feel that but yeah like I for for me podcasting like that's how I've gotten to meet people like you and like learning about diabetes and stuff because you know i'm not getting it from any place else just mainly social media so you know it's it's great to have you guys on especially like people that have been diagnosed for like you know a long period of time compared to me which i'm still i still can even though i've been in for five years i still think i'm like relatively new to the whole thing so and and it's funny because like as you say that you know i've met so many people who were diagnosed a couple months ago to meeting people who have been diagnosed for even longer than I have. Mm -hmm. And it just, everyone's always at different stages, but yet, you know, everything we have in common is the diabetes. And no matter where you are on your journey, you always want to help each other and you always want to be there. And that community online, the one thing I always regretted, I don't know if I'd say I regret it, but I wished I had done was go to a diabetes camp. 
because I never did as mm. a kid and they have them. And so growing up, I'm like, okay, I don't really have a diabetes community. I don't have anyone that has diabetes as friends until I had this online support with social media, you know, Instagram is crazy huge with the community. Oh yeah. And which is amazing. I've been able to meet you that way. And it's just refreshing to know you are not the only person and there's millions out there. And even in that tiny little Instagram community that we have, it just makes life that much better. Yeah. Yeah. And when I got my deck, when I got my Dexcom, the first time I took a picture of it and like literally I had like 20 DMs saying, oh my God, you finally got it. This is awesome. All right. Put it here. Put it there. Put it there. Like, this is awesome. This is going to be game changer, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so super cool. And that, and you know, it's just understanding other people, which is in like just talking to other diabetics. Cause like, like I said here, like I may have like one or two people that, that I know that are diabetics, but like it's. I really don't talk to them that much, so it's like, I I'm, it's weird because I talk to more people online compared to like, you know, work like on like any other like you know in person diabetic. So oh yeah, exactly. And it's hard. It's not. I don't know if you've ever been witness to it, but like if you see a diabetic in the wild, right? You're oh like, my god! It yes. Right. Yes. Oh my god! I get so excited. I'm like, you have fun. Come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, a diabetic! Hey, it's me, another diabetic! <laughs> yes, exactly. You just get so excited. You're like, yes! You know! It's just, it's the best feeling. It really is. But I will say, yeah, I definitely talk to more diabetics online than I get to see in person. Obviously, COVID has made that a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, but in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you gone to like any, fun- any like the diabetes functions or anything like that? Yeah, um, I when I was in Rochester in New York, I used to be on the ADA chair membership in Rochester. So I used to help with the events. Um, I raised money for it. I would speak on it. I have done a lot. I've gone to endocrinology offices and spoke to them about how it feels to have diabetes, uh, what it's like, what we would prefer them to talk to us like versus what they do talk to us or how they present themselves. Um, and then, yeah, I've gone to a few functions here where it was like meetups before COVID Mm -hmm. where I was able to actually see people help out, uh, promote some donations, research, all of that kind of stuff lately. No. And that's just because of COVID, but at least I, I support a lot of the businesses online with the supplements and like, for example, transcend gels or, um, glucose SOS, those types of things. I'm really, really I, I would say heavily involved with that as much because at least it's online. You can order that kind of stuff and it's going to a donated cause, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So another reason why, like I was able to talk to a whole bunch of people like yourself is pretty much my t-shirt company that I have. Mm-hmm. So like proceeds go to the children's diabetes foundation and like, they've been a super helpful too. Like I, I've never been to a function what like whatsoever. Like, cause well, one, I've never got invited. And two, it's it's two. It's like I don't. There's not too many. There's maybe like one or two in Atlanta. And it's like you typically, I'm like working or something's going on like that weekend that I can't can't make it. So yeah. I mean, I'm always I'm always willing to do, go to one, but I just never had the chance to to go to one yet. So yeah, you're gonna have to. I mean, whatever. I know there was a gala that was here last year, and. I'm not going to lie. The tickets were very expensive. Yeah. Um, but I was also working, so I couldn't go. But I, I've told myself, like, one day I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to take off time if it's on a weekday, and I'm going to go. Yeah. You have to make that pack. You need to go to one. Yes. At least well, something. Yeah, well, pinky swear right now, so. Yeah, pinky swear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I kind of want to go real quick back to like the personal training thing. So are you, are you planning to do like more like one-on-one coaching or are you going to look into do like remote coaching at all for personal training? Um, it's probably going to have to be remote for a while. I mean, I have clients all over, so I don't just have them in Arizona. Oh my goodness. I have clients in Canada, Australia, um, UK, New York, like East coast, West coast, Midwest. I have them everywhere. So it's really cool. 
the timing is a little hard sometimes, yeah. you know, with the time difference. But other than that, no, I do like the remote stuff. It's a little bit harder to do some of the workouts, but I have, again, like spreadsheets and videos that I send. So it's really helpful and they can just follow that. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Because I'm actually trying to get into like the online space, but it's like I'm writing an ebook right now. It's it's like it's done, but I'm trying to like figure out because I'm still like brand new with like the ebook thing. I'm like looking on YouTube to see like, okay, how do I put how do I keep a link like do this link on in an ebook and like mm-hmm. link it to like the web? It's and I'm like, how the hell does this happen? And then like they, they say, oh, you go on Canva and try it out. And I'm like, okay, I'm like. All right, I have to watch a YouTube video on that too because I have no idea what I'm doing with that. But it's 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 25 bodyweight workouts you could do because of obviously COVID, and it's I think like the it's, they're typically like 15 minutes long. I have a couple that are a little bit longer, but it's like just 25 of those, and you know, yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell where. So where can you get the ebook? Well, I haven't printed. I'm not. It? I'm not. I'm done. I'm almost done with it. I just need to print it. I just need to process it out and like get the links to work and all that stuff. So, but that's just. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm hopefully. I'm. I'm praying by the end of this week I'll get it done. So. Oh, that's so. That's gonna be incredible. Yeah, I mean, if you ever want like any assistance with some crazy apps like Canva or Canva. Definitely ask. I've gone through everything, so I can help you out. <laughs> yeah, my my wife is a social media influencer too, so she's kind of like oh, showing me the ropes go. too. Yeah, so she's she knows a little bit about it, but like not too much. But which which is fine. So um, so we're getting close to the end of our our podcast. So um, yeah. I have a couple other questions for you. These are like the typical questions I usually ask towards the end. So um, do you have any goals? that you want to reach by the end of the year or do you want to start like next year? Um, I would say by the end of this year would be to get my A1C at least to like a Mm 6.5. And that's just a goal I have for myself. Um, I remember the day, the very first day I ever had an A1C where it was like 7.2 and I cried because I had never had a number like that before. And so now I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can freaking do this. So now I'm at that point where I want to get that lower. And then as far as the rest of this year, no, I would say next year would be the, I'm finishing my certifications for personal training for the nutritional courses. So I'll be certified in both of those. And then definitely increasing my clients by as much as I can. And then finishing out some more resources that are more virtual. Mm -hmm. So I am working with the virtual assistant now. I'm telling you, she's like my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm going to get her help with just finishing as much online possibilities that people can access. And it would end up, it's just going to be really great. And I'm hoping that that can happen by February of next year. So that'll be really cool. And then as, I would say those are probably my big goals. Otherwise, um, I kind of take things day by day. That's my philosophy on things. I like to try that. It stresses me out a little bit less. <laughs> nice. So, so is your virtual client? No, virtual. I'm sorry, virtual assistant. Is she like overseas, or like is she like in a different country, or where, how did you find her? I found her on Instagram, and she's not overseas. She is in, um, oh my gosh, I think she's in California. Yeah, okay. I love her. I found, Instagram has literally brought me every person that I could need in my life. And so I met her through that, uh, and I just, I love her. She helps me just by putting things together. It's almost like she gets to be my brain a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, putting those things in stuff and in order, but I get to be the brains behind it. So it's like, all right, here's what I need. I need you to do this. And then she does it. And it's just so helpful because I don't have time. So I'm a therapist in my out in my job Monday through Friday. And so I work a lot individually with other clients doing mental health work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. very cool. Very cool. So do you have a favorite book, that, like a self-help book or like a fictional book that you like to read or would you give out to like as a gift to somebody? Oh my gosh. Personal development books are my jam. I read them as much as I possibly can. There are a couple books. Uh, the Slight Edge is one of the most amazing books 
because it just brings so much to your your forefront of your mind of wow if I just make these slight changes in my life that drastically makes a difference the other book would be the 10x rule okay amazing book really really good motivates you motivates the crap out of you and just puts a business mindset in your head and as well as like believing in yourself and then the five second rule that one has helped me in a lot of ways including getting up in the morning because now I say five, four, three, two, one, and I'm up. Versus I want to sleep and let me keep hitting the alarms. <laughs> oh, I've never heard. I've never heard of that book before. Oh yeah, it's by Mel Robbins. One hundred percent. You need to read it. I will send it to you in the mail if you don't get it. It's <laughs> such a good book. All right, awesome. So um, the last one is like I think I think is one of the most important questions to ask people. So. What would you tell a new diabetic what to expect for the rest of their life? Oof. Wow. That's a that's a good question. Oh my goodness. I would tell them to expect the unexpected, that it's not gonna be easy and it's going to be a roller coaster because that's our life. Mm-hmm. But that you're not alone in any of it. And even though it might be frustrating, you were placed in this position because you were the person that is able to handle it. Yeah. I love it. That's a that's a great one. Yeah. So <laughs> where can people reach out to you via social media or like email if they have any questions for you about, you know, how they regulate their blood sugar or like workouts or anything like that? Yeah, so Instagram is going to be the best bet. Honestly, email is way easier. If you go to my Instagram, which is just Marissa Minter, and then you there's an email button, click on it, send me an email. So much faster than just direct messaging me because unfortunately I don't get through all of them and they'll go to the bottom of my pile, as you know. I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um, absolutely email is the fastest, but if you just want to direct message me, that's absolutely fine too. All right, very cool. Well, thank you very much for being on my podcast. I really do mean it. Really does mean a lot that you you took the time out of your you know busy schedule to sit down with me and talk. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I really, really do, and I love that you are doing this for the community and just like I don't know, helping in any way that you can. It's wonderful. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>